Welcome to Israel from the Inside, where we try to break out of the echo chamber, surfacing the wide array of often conflicting viewpoints that make up the mosaic of Israeli life. I'm Daniel Gordas of Shalem College in Jerusalem. Go to danielgordas.substack.com where you can subscribe to these podcasts and join our community of listeners and readers, access the archive of all these episodes, and post comments, interacting with others who share your interest in Zionism, Israel, and the future of the Jewish state. One of the many sad dimensions of the fighting between Israel and Hamas in May 2021 was that the fighting between Israel and Gaza was also accompanied by violence internal to Israel between Israeli Arabs and Israeli Jews, all of them citizens of the Jewish state. There was very serious violence in Lod and in Yafo and in Jerusalem, in Akko and in other places. And once the fighting stopped and the ceasefire took hold, I wanted to use the greater calm to reach out to people and to speak to them and to find out what exactly happened in those places and what they experienced. In a subsequent interview, we'll actually be speaking to a woman who is an East Jerusalem resident, uh, in other words, an Arab woman who experienced uh, some very frightening situations at the hands of Jews in that city. But in this interview, we're going to see the other side of that conflict. I went to Lod, a city not too far from Israel's international airport, and uh, spoke to a young woman, a mother of two, married, named Tahel Harris, who purposely lives in Lod in a community of people who want to make a point by living among Arabs and working hard on coexistence. This is therefore a particularly devastating incident for her, and in the following interview, we'll get a chance to hear what she experienced and what she believes the future for communities like hers might be. Tahel, hi, thank you very much for joining me with this conversation. You and I are sitting uh, in your apartment in Lod on May 31st, 2021, and really interested in just learning about what happened here in Lod, what people like you and your family experienced. So first of all, thanks for joining with me. Thank you. And I know that English is not your first language, <laughs> so I appreciate all the more you're being willing to kind of take that deep leap and uh, and join and talk in a language that's not your first language. So I'll thanks. I'll try my best. <laughs> before we uh, before we talk about the events of the last couple of weeks, maybe just tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, um, how you and your husband ended up in Lod, what you were seeking when you moved to this community, and then mm -hmm. we'll take it from there. Okay, so... Um, I grew up in Mali Mikhmash near Jerusalem. Where is Mali Mikhmash exactly? It's um, in Judea and Samaria. Right, so just for our listeners who don't know, it's over the Green Line. Right. It's very close to Jerusalem. Um, but in some people's minds, that's a complicated thing. And in some people's minds, it's not. How many people live in Mali Mikhmash? I think there's like 350 families, something like that. It's a very calm settlement, it's very quiet. Um, Nice people, pretty small when I was when I grew up there, and yeah, I was raised there with with my family, and I studied around there, and that was like my my 
childhood in that and place. After high school, did you do army or national service? Yes, yeah, so I was. I went to the army for four years. What did you do in the army? I was in uh, in education unit, and I had um, difficult soldiers from difficult backgrounds, and like helping them be in, get inside the army in a better way, and like going through a process so they have a better experience in the army and do their job better. Um, so that was a very interested, uh, interesting um, experience for me, like seeing that more people and like meeting more people, more than I knew and, and I met in my in in Michmash, my settlement. And after and after I got after I got I finished with the army, so we got married, me and my husband, um, five years ago, and. Then I went and I started, um, I, I was a counselor in a pre-army program of um, uh, secular and religious pe- Jewish people in, in the country that is, they, they make, they have, um, they have like, they, they learn about their history of, the, of Israel and they learn about their identity and they get ready for the army. Where is this with you now? It's in, uh, it's near Be'er Sheva in Kibbutz Kamim. Nice. Yeah. And you did that for a year, two years? For one year. And then um, we went, and my, my husband was still in the army. When he finished with the army, so we went to Eli. That's an, another settlement near Jerusalem. It's much bigger. Yeah, it's much bigger, and it has a lot of different... Um, uh, different uh, educational institutions. Yeah. And... So he studied there some. To- uh, he studied there in the yeshiva, mm-hmm. and we were, we lived there for two years. There we had our first baby, um, three years old now, and and then he started thinking what he wants to study and like do a degree in, and he decided he wants to study in Rehovot, and that's like a different part of the country. So we wanted to move near the near near Rehovot. And we started looking for a nice community and somewhere that's pretty much um, close to, to that place. And we decided to live in, to come to Lod, first of all, because we wanted a community. And it's, it was very important to, for us to have like people that are in our status and they're like around our age and they have the same interest. And we, there's a few communities here. This is, it's a small city, but it has a lot of communities. And we started looking out at some communities. And then a friend of mine told me about Ramat Eshkol community that is a very interesting neighborhood. Um, That's where we are now. Yeah, we're in Ramat Eshkol. Um, so it's a very interesting neighborhood. There's a lot of a lot of variety of people, like there's Arabs and Jews and Ethiopians and Russian people that came um, in, the, in, the 80, in the 80s, um, 90s, sorry that came in the 90s, and it's a very, like, there's a lot of people and a lot of what to do here, and, like, a lot of just learning about, like, more cultures and meeting more people, so we Was decided. there a genuine interaction between, you know, the Jews and the Arabs, the Ethiopian Jews, and all that kind of so, stuff? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a very, um, not complex, we'll have, um, complicated or complex. Com- it's very complicated, but like in a, in a good way, because there's a lot of people here and like every every person and every um, group of people come with their their um, identity and their their culture. But um, we like we try to make some positive um, connections between us. 
So I, I got a job here, and I, I ha- I'm a head of a community of students that live here. Um, Who are these students? So in Israel, we don't, we don't have a lot of dorms. We, most of the students just live around uh, the, the college that they study in. And a lot of places have, like, we call them village of students. They have, like, um, villages, but it's not a village. It's, like, they, it's a group of students that they live to get around the same area, and they volunteer in the area, and they're, like, they have their community of people that they're, like, getting, they have um, events together, and they have, like, they have the same... So these students, what university or college do they go to? Most of them go to Barilan or Tel Aviv or like I have even students that go to Be'er Sheva, like all, all around. Cause so just to give people an idea, how long a drive is it from here to Barilan, would you say? No, it's 20 minutes. And to Tel Aviv University? Half an hour, I guess. And Be'er Sheva by train? Yeah, not more than an hour. It's So it's very you know, centrally located. And it might, exactly. it might be interesting for our, our listeners just to know that back in the day, probably before your time, right. uh, the international airport in Israel was called the Lod Airport. Right. right? And then it became you know, Ben-Gurion Airport or TLV. Right. Exactly. With the, but I remember when I was a kid in Israel, everybody was saying you're flying into Lod. Right. So we're really very close to Tel Aviv. We're really very close to the airport. Yeah, and the and, train here is like connected to all the country. Right. So a lot of students live here in the city. And one of the communities of students is one that I'm head of. And so, Who organizes it? Who funds it? Um, ours is Nakiva. Uh-huh. Um, we're Which is only a kind re- of a religious right. Zionist youth movement. Right. But there's a lot of community of students in Lod because there's really a lot of students here. So we're, we, we stay in, in Ramat Eshkol in this neighborhood because um, we understood that we need, like, because um, we understood we need more people to live here and make this place a better place. That's another another reason we came here is a lot because this neighborhood is not a very easy neighborhood. It's very social economic. It's very low social economically, economically, yeah. and it's um it has a lot of um, because it's mixed Arabs and Jews. What's and the ratio? It's like. Um, 70% Arabs and the rest are Jews. 70% Arabs? Yeah, and... but it's... And what about Lod in general? It, exactly the opposite. It's so like... Lod is 30% Arab, 70% Jewish. Right. And what was it like 15 years ago, would you say? So in the neighborhood, it was not 15 years ago, but like 20 years ago, it was most Jewish. This neighborhood is Jewish. Like it, it was complete Jewish. Like for 30 years ago, 50 years ago, it was complete Jewish. And then through all, through the history... and a lot of different reasons. More and more groups of Arabs came here, some of them because the country put them here, and some of them because they came here after their families. And and the percent just fl- like flipped and became that we have 70% of Arabs here, but I have to say that Arabs here are very different from each other. Some of them are Bedouin, and some of them are Palestinians, like they were Palestinians. And some of them are Israeli Arabs that just came to live here. So it's very complex. And in, until the last few weeks, until the riots started, so we, we knew that there's a lot of crime between the Arabs. It never, I never felt a crime against me as a Jew. I felt the crime around me at, for, between was Arabs. Was stealing or violence? What was a it? lot of violence. Um, a lot of, like, we heard shooting sometimes and... Like every few weeks, we heard some shooting, and 
violence and is a lot of... Is it over guns or territory, yeah, drugs? So, What's it over? So there is some... We, we know there are some drugs and we know there is illegal guns and we know that there's a lot of um, just a lot of um, kids that are not in schools and they're go- walking around and they're making trouble. So there's a lot of different like causes to a very, a very complex um, Arab society that lives here. And there's a lot of different organizations that are trying to make the Arab um, community better and like trying to heal it. But it's, it's very difficult. And we, as my, I see my job in this neighborhood, is knowing that it's, I, I don't have a lot of influence on the Arab community because they're, they're pretty closed. And it's, it's also, I don't think it's my, I, I don't, I can't, I can't really, um, I don't know how, 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 much, influence. how much influence I have about the community, the Arab community, but I do know that if I'll make the Jewish community stronger, it's going to help them in, in an equal way, because if we have um, more money coming into this neighborhood, it's going to make the neighborhood better. Like, it doesn't make sense that in Tel Aviv they'll have um, a garbage truck going around and taking the garbage every week and in Lod in our neighborhood it won't happen so our part of our um, of our concern our what we're trying to do here is make the government and make the um, um, the city the municipality the, the municipal, municipal whatever the city um, come and be more part of what's going on here like the Arabs wouldn't call the police and tell them that there's shooting around them because they don't feel connected to the police. They don't feel that they're like someone that they can talk to. But um, but you would call the police. We would call them, and and my and neighborhood. Show up. Uh, not always, but I'll just say that when 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 we call the police, and my neighbors, my Arab neighbors, would say thank you because they know it's they they raise they they raise their child here, and they know that it's. It's not a really good place to raise them with all this violence around. So you said, by the way, your neighbors, just out of curiosity. So we're sitting in this building. Right. Are the, the apartments in this building mixed, all yeah. Jewish? Yeah, all the building here, the buildings here are mixed. Um, we don't have any building here that's only Jewish. There's some that are only Arabs just because there's more the Arabs here. Right. Yeah, but all of them are... So like, in this building, like what percentage of the apartments are Arabs? Um, are Jewish, this building is like... Um, 60% Arabs, maybe more. It's like we have two apart. We have one apartment that's just someone just moved out. So it's like you know it gets different. Now but, do you know um, these people? Yeah, sure. You know their names. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, there is their faces. Yeah, always. Um, Kids we, play together. Um, so we had one family that were like in the same ages of our kids and they would play together in the garden and you know like it's it's a different culture and it's different like language too so that's also very um it's an important point because like they couldn't really talk to each other um so that was like we tried struggling the Arab with that. kids aren't learning hebrew the kids don't know hebrew the, about the like parents? the parents do but the kids i i don't think they i don't think they learn hebrew like the kids in kindergarten they don't know hebrew at all they get the bigger the, the older they, they get they know more and more Hebrew 
But um, like teenagers, they not always like. And they're going to separate too. schools. Just everybody outside of Israel right. understands there's two separate, completely separate school systems. True. Right. Yeah. Both of them funded by the state. Yeah. But one's for Arabs, mostly Muslim, and one's for Jews. And then I guess in Lod, there's two different Jewish school systems, right? There's the religious yeah. school system and the secular school system. Right. Um, yeah. So we have three completely different public school systems in Lod, all of them funded by the state. There might even be a Haredi. Is there a Haredi system here also? Um, not in this neighborhood, but in the but city, in, yes. Yeah, so, okay. So in this neighborhood, we have three different, three different, and in Lod, there's actually another one that's sort yeah. of not technically funded by the government, but in fact, they have, funded by the yeah. government. Okay, so there, you're, you know the people, the kids are playing together, but it's it's a little limited because they don't share a language. Yeah, and also because, like, it's... We, we, we believe that we have to have relationships of neighbors, of the best neighbors we can be. Um, I wouldn't, like, just sit for a cup of coffee with my neighbors, but I'm surely will talk to them in, under our, our building and just, like, see what's going on and... If we have a problem in our building, we'll we'll figure it out together, and we we're get, we're paying to the same cleaner that we haven't like we we all we live together. That's like with all what we have with, with all the um, all the small details of living mm-hmm. together. So um, that's um, like they know my family. I know their family. We know like when we have guests, so they know we have guests because like we live that same the same apartment the same um the same floor door door to door door so it's um it's very close because also the apartments are pretty small and then the buildings are on top of each other so we know what's going on here um and and it's it's very, as I said it's very I think I see it as very interesting I think it's very um. It's just special to raise our children and that they see different cultures and they see something else. And I don't know if we're going to live here for all of our lives, but as long as we can and as long as it's good for us. So knowing that I can raise my kids and showing them other stuff and like opening their mind to other things. And I think that's, I see it as something that's very important. So we do live in our community here in Hamat the Jewish community. But we are um, surrounded and open to see other communities and other cultures and just knowing different things. And um, I, I just wanted to say that part of my job as uh, a head of a community of students, so I work a lot in the Matnas. The Matnas the, is... Uh, like the community center. Right. And the Matnas is very interesting because it's, it's mixed, because the Matnas needs to give um, services to all, all the communities. So there is a lot of Arab workers in the Matnas and Jewish Jewish workers as well, and we, every, each of us works like for their community, but we do work together. And I think the the most special thing about it is the understanding that I really want their um, events and work will be the best work they can do. So because I know it will influence my community in the like immediately immediately and i know it's something that's very that's very important and very um like i'll i'll do i'll i'll do an effort for it to work if it's like um helping them think about what they should do for the community if i can help with something like they they're helping me and if it's like um giving up i don't know um not tech tv um budget a budget for like it's something that we understand together that this neighborhood is people and 
as people, we have to care for each other. And if it's not me, I, I can't come as like this Jewish, white Jewish, come and um, make the Arabs a better place because I know it's not my, it, it doesn't look good and it's not my job and I, I won't do it as well. And if people will come from their um, communities and do the best they could in their communities, that's the best way to develop a, a community and develop, develop their people. So I think that's a very important um, thing to understand about the the life we have here, we had here before the riots, because it's really something that we we did we we hadn't we made an effort for, and we we sat a lot together, the Arabs and the Jews that work in the Matnas, and we we just we made everything as so we can make it work. Um, it wasn't always uh, easy, but it was was something that we wanted we wanted to work. Okay, that's a really, really great helpful background. So now let's fast forward to the events of the last few weeks. So there's obviously tensions brewing. It's the end of Ramadan, the, uh, the Muslim right. end of Ramadan at Eid al-Fitr. And in Jerusalem, it was also Yom Yerushalayim, which is Jerusalem Day, which sometimes brings out nationalist sentiments and young kids walking around the walls of Jerusalem with flags, which always kind of creates some tension. And then there was, of course, the court case in Sheikh Jarrah about the what the international press calls the impending evictions, but it was more complicated than right. that. And I'm going to be actually doing a podcast with a lawyer about that later this week to okay. explain to us just what the legal background on both sides is. And then there was all kinds of tension around the Damascus Gate and Israel putting up metal detectors and Mahmoud Abbas had just canceled elections for the Palestinian Authority and was looking for a way to kind of move the spotlight away from that. And Hamas was feeling marginalized <laughs> because of the Abraham Accords. And so there was kind of this perfect storm brewing. Right. And you guys are in love doing your thing. Your husband's in school. You're doing your job. You've got two kids. Tell us what happened from your perspective. Like, what did you experience? What did you see? What happened in this neighborhood? Okay, so we, every Monday night, um, we have our students' community. We have an event in the Matnas. So we went as every Monday night to the Matnas to have our thing. Like what time is that? It's like around nine in the evening. So it was already several hours after the rockets had been fired at Jerusalem. Right. Because I remember yeah, I was right. out at six o'clock and that's when it happened. Okay. Right. So, so you already knew about that I assume, right? Yeah, we knew about that. We didn't really we didn't really pay attention to it. It we did we were concerned, but it wasn't something that made us concerned about about Lod, about our neighborhood. And so we just we went to the Matnas and we we walk here free like in in a freeway in every night every time in the night it's not something we concern about at all. Um, so we went to the Matnas and we were there a, lot, a big group of students and how many like um, seventy students oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and we we had our event there and then in the middle of the event I saw my phone was ringing a lot and I saw something happened so I looked to see what's going on. And in the WhatsApp group of all the families, that the Jewish families of the community that live here, I saw that like people are saying there's a lot of noise outside and like they see things are getting burnt, burned down and like they hear a lot of um, um, booming, uh, not bombs, Kolochel um, uh, booming. Yeah, the sounds of booms, yeah, right? Yeah. Which was what? What were they? Um, it was... Um, Bakbuketa vera bottles. Molotov cocktails. Yeah. And who was throwing them? Arabs. At whom? Around. Like in the streets, into buildings. In the streets. More more in, in the streets. 
Um, but it's scary. Yeah, it's it's very scary. Like in the middle of the night, it's like we we're talking about 10, 10, 30, 9, 30, 10 around then. And and then I I was connecting one of the people in the community that like is more involved, and he told me like we shouldn't go out of the Mithnas and thing like things are. So he told you to stay in the community center because it wasn't right. safe outside. Right, and then I called the police to understand what's going on, and they told me we can't go out and like when when they'll tell us when we come in, when when we can come out and they'll come and. Um, um, walk with us, like walk like us. Escort you. From yeah, the... exactly. So your kids are home, I assume. Yeah, it, it was the first time we had a babysitter. My my husband was in a wedding, so we had a babysitter, like sitting here, frightened, and didn't really know what to do. Luckily, my kids didn't wake up, um, but it was scary. Like I couldn't be next to my kids in this scary time. My husband is driving back into the neighborhood I didn't even know if he'll be able to go inside the neighborhood like what's what's the situation because I was stuck in the community center and like just just hearing what's going outside from the whatsapp group and from like people that I, I was connected to so it was a very very scary time and we had to like tell all the, all the students what's going on outside and like not making them freaked out but yes like telling them the truth and they're adult people so they should know what's going on in their houses in their like neighborhood so it was a very not easy situation. Um, after like around 11, 30, 12, um, after talking a lot with the, with the police and seeing through the windows what's going on outside. So we saw like their um, our group of groups of Arabs um, tried burning down. The, there's a, a, a police station, like a, a point of a police station, Ikudash. Yeah, like a police outpost or something like that, yeah. So there's, right next to the community center, so they tried burning that down. And, like, these teenagers without, like, with shirts on their head and, like, covered and throwing rocks. And it was very scary, like, just understanding that we'll have to go out there to get to our houses. So then um, the police came with a special unit and we would, we divided our our students as like for groups for every street in the neighborhood and the the unit this unit took like uh, 10 students and they had like 12 or 15 sh soldiers with guns and with um helmets and like all covered up and all shield and they just took them to the they kind of walked them to yeah their, they walked them to the to and their then they came back and got another group that's how it, so yeah. they kind of took a group of students yeah. surrounded by soldiers got them yeah. home Right. Went back to the community center, got another group of students walking home. Yeah, so it took, it was a, a whole big, like, polarization. We, we had to... Like how long did it take to get everybody out? Um, so I, I got there last, I got last the last one out because I had to just know everyone are okay and safe in their houses. So it took, like, an hour and a half, I guess. So you get home at, like, like 11, 30, 12, something like that? No, that? later, like, 1, 30, even. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It was, your husband's it was, home by then? Yeah, he got, he got home by then. He... <laughs> He walked the the babysitter to her house. Like we, they made it work, and I came home. Um, no, before I came home, so I like I heard about a lot about what's going on, and then I went out to to the streets, and it was it just felt like we're walking in a war zone because it was like what cars. Did you, what did you burning. see? What did you hear? So a lot of yelling, a lot of yelling, and like I saw these groups of teenagers and adults, Arabs, that are just 
running around and throwing stuff and throwing like these big big rocks and what are they, where are they throwing them um then at, at the soldiers that not the soldiers the police oh, so um, at the police actually. yeah so at them and they broke windows and they throw oh, windows it. of houses of yeah, stores houses or? of houses and then at, at cars not not every car at right. jewish cars um, they knew which cars yeah, belonged to like them. We're, we're neighbors. The, we know each other. Like we, I know what car. I know because I see them go to work every day. Not because like right. that's that's the. So they know what what's our car. We know. Um, so yeah, it cars and they broke burnt the windows. Dark. They burnt the cars. What they do? Yeah. So some broke the windows. Some burnt them. Um, they just burning stuff. And you said earlier when we were talking that there was shooting also. Where was the so, shooting? Yeah, the shooting from? came from a di- in the, the next night. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Um, so so it was very scary. And then I finally I got home and it felt safer, but still it was very, very scary. Like looking out the windows and we put down our window coverings. Like and they're made out of like thick plastic or metal, right. so they're actually thick plastic. Your... But I, I have to say, we would never do it. Like before, I would never close the window like that. It's just like yeah, nobody uses. Yeah, no, no reason to do that. So we had to close it, and we had to like we turned off the lights, so they won't know. Nobody will know that we're here. It was it was very scary. Um, did and you move the kids away from the windows or something like that. So we didn't, we weren't sure what to do about that because like every w- room has a window. And we weren't sure if it's right to make, to take the chance that they'll wake up and then it's going to be very hard to put them to sleep again. So we, yeah, we took the chance, I guess. And it's a small window, so we thought maybe like it's not going to be a problem. Um, and then after a few hours during that night, um, we saw pictures of the... Did you go to sleep at all that night? No, we slept like for, I don't know, two hours, I guess. It was... It was a very hard night. So after a few hours, um, we saw some pictures in the WhatsApp group that people sent that um, Arab, t- Arab people broke in the, the synagogue, our, our synagogue, our community synagogue, and um, they just burned it, started burning it. And How far is it from um, this building where we're sitting? It's, it's the... Um, Maybe on the it's, um, it's on the side of the road. Yeah, it's it's, it's like right very here. close. Yeah, and there's there's a pre-armor program there, and there's a school there, a, 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 t- a kids school. So it was just very sad. First of all, just seeing it. That's and, like, where you go. That's where you go to Shishol. That's your synagogue. Yeah, it's our synagogue, and it's um, it's where it's like a whole area of where community the area. Burned? Yeah. So the Torah people from the community. Um, Men just came and like ran, ran in and took the Torahs, but a lot of books and Jew, um, Bibles, Bibles and Gemara and a lot of things um, got got ruined and burned and it was it was very hard watching it because when it's it's hard having um, it, it has it, it's very scary being scared for your life, but I think being scared for your like I guess culture or your your beliefs, it's it's. It's it's I don't know if it's more, but it's it's a different um, it's a different level. But also, I think I mean you know we're different generations, but right. I think for all of us, the image of burning synagogues right. is kind of what we came to this country not to deal with. Exactly. Right, and then I mean you're born here, but right. 
But yeah, it's it's through our history. It, it just brings out yeah. all those, you know, whether it's Jerusalem two thousand years ago, or right. whether it's you know Kristallnacht in Germany right. in the nineteen thirties. Right, so I can only imagine. I can just see it in your face, but I can see in your eyes right now. I mean, how painful yeah. the experience yeah, it, was. It's, it was. It was very sad. And seeing, like, we just saw the pictures and we couldn't do anything because going outside was, was dangerous. And I don't know, even getting hit by a big rock is it's very dangerous. Right. And we couldn't do anything. And we had to stay in our houses. And we knew our, our community synagogue and place and the place we just hang out and is just getting burnt and we called the police we called the fire department and they just couldn't come um the fire department said they can't come because it's it's too dangerous and the police said we're dealing with other stuff we can't help you and we felt so much alone and we felt it was like i think that was the first time i understood i like i i could have also think about it and also get the understanding of what's going on here and understanding that we're, we feel betrayed through, by, by our neighbors and by our country. Um, so betrayed by the neighbors because the, the, the violence right. and betrayed by the country because it didn't come to your defense. Right. Um, we, we just felt alone. We yeah. couldn't... Like, any of the neighbors that you... Like there's neighbors across the hall here and all that. Anybody knock on your door and say, uh, we're sorry this is happening or do you need anything or... Was there any contact? Um, during the first, until now, no. I, I'll just say for their defense, I guess, during the first nights, it was very scary to go outside. For it was them, for them, too, for them yeah. too, I'm sure. They have kids, they have like, maybe they didn't want their kids to be part of, maybe they, they, were, they were part of it, I don't know. And I'll, I'll get to there in a minute, but it's like, I think it's very scary knowing what happened and I'm I'm a little bit afraid from that situation so I I, I don't really know, want to know what happened like I don't I'm not asking them where they were in those nights because I, I really don't want if the answer is we weren't there I don't want to think maybe they're lying maybe they're not I don't know if I can believe it and if if they were there I don't really want to hear that because then I'm like I live with with who someone doesn't want me who would like be such so much violent and and do things like that, so so I won't be here. And it's sad because it's people that I'm, I I know I really know them, and it's it's very scary. Like so now even you can yes, Arab families in the stairwell coming into your house, and so it's it's different. Whoever who who I see, like if it's older women that I, cause they're women, cause they're older, I have more connecting with. Um, so it's like. I would say hello, but not more than that. Um, men, I, I'm, I, I'm not even like, I don't want to be have any involved. I, I don't want to be involved with them at all. Um, so let's go back to yeah, okay, okay, so so, the first night ends. So the How first night the, ends. The next day was it quiet during the so day? So during the day was quiet. Um, we met up all the community together, and we, when we went outside, so my daughter, she's three years old, and she, she didn't know what's going on. She just knew she doesn't have any kindergarten the day after. And we went outside, and she saw the street, and she said, like, wow, what a mess. And, and I, that's what I, exactly what I felt, like, wow, what a mess. How, what's going to come from this point? What's going to happen from, from, from here? Um, so the day went through... Um, okay, I guess, like nothing very, 
no, I, nobody went to work. Like uh-huh. everything, everything was stopped. Yeah, like that. That was maybe people went to work, but like well, you couldn't leave your kids anyway. Right, right. I mean, there's no place to so, take your kids to. So you had to exactly. Stay home. So we were we stayed home and we just I don't I don't know what we did that day. We just like so we tried sleeping. Like one of us took care of the kids and the other one slept. And we're trying we're trying to understand what's gonna happen the next night. It was like trying to see that everyone are okay trying to fix things that broke like luckily we didn't have anything that broke but all our neighbors had like broken windows or burning cars so like we had to understand how to help like with that situation um and then the other night came and so now we're talking tuesday night right um i'll just say before tuesday night so we talked with the police um the head police of the area and he told us that they understood that the first night they weren't ready. They wouldn't ever think something like that will happen. And they're coming ready for the other night. And like they'll, they'll be here and they'll be with us. And that's part of the re- reason why we decided to stay in the house. Because um, police assured you yeah. they were taken by surprise the first night. Right. But by the second night, they knew what was up and right. they would be prepared. Right. So we said, okay, we, we believe in our police. We know that they're good people. So we're going to... Um, believe what they're saying and we're going to listen and we're going to stay in their house and our ha- in, in our house and also we know that some houses that people weren't there um, got broken into so that was also a concern because we didn't want like it's, it's our house, house. <laughs> yeah um, so we stayed in the second night and the second night was much worse um, in the middle like the same things as the first night um, but then there's starting being sirens and we had to go down to the shelter because we started being bombed from Gaza, so it was, it was, it was crazy. Yeah, time. so that's the point. Like, it was, it was a crazy situation. It's like Kafka esque. It's it, yeah. It, I, mean, it's, it's, I, didn't, I never thought about that until this moment, right? But it's, I mean, so okay. So the night before you're yeah. being attacked by Arabs, and then the next in, the, night in our house, in your house, and, and now then, you got to go down to the shelter with the same families. Yeah. So we like, so we hear, we hear the sirens, and we understand we have to go down to the shelter. So we pick up our kids. We start going down down the stairs, and then we understand what's going outside. Like, and it, we're not sure where we should go. So we went down to the shelter because I don't know what's scarier, but I guess bombs are scary. I don't know. And we went down to the shelter. Then this Arab family came, and we couldn't just we couldn't look at each other eyes. Like, and they're our neighbors. We couldn't look at each other. Um, they. They had only their kids with them. Like the men wasn't weren't there. The older kids weren't there. It was only the woman and a few kids. So I guess it was easier. But I don't want to know where the men and the older kids were. Um, and then after two times, when when we went down the shelter and we we understood it's it's much scarier to be down the shelter with our neighbor Arab Arab neighbors and we don't have a lock. Like we can't lock the shelter because people should be able to go in the shelter. So we couldn't lock the shelter. So you're not, so you're exposed. If people right. want to come in and attack you there, you're, you're vulnerable. Right. So we decided we're not going down to the shelter. We're going to be in the, in our hole and in, in our house. So we won't like, so we just left there, all our family on the floor with mattresses and we didn't go down. There was a few sirens overnight, but we just, we, it was more scary. Like, going downstairs and being exposed to the um, to the street and what's going on there also for like 
physically it was scary and also mentally for the kids like I, I don't want them to see that and hearing and like I don't we, we put music on so they didn't really hear the the um, um, sirens. sirens but it was it was a very scary situation and where's the police that are telling you that they're gonna be there um, we we really asked them to have a curfew so no no Arabs from outside can come and like be part of this thing so well, I was gonna ask you about that so the Arabs who are doing whatever's going on in this community what percentage of them were people that live here because there were rumors all over right. Israel that there were Jews who joined in Jewish violence and there were Arabs that joined with Arab violence and they came from other towns through social media yeah. TikTok, whatever what's your sense about here I do know that people from outside came mm. um, I can't say how much how how percentage and Jewish people, um, after the second night, when we understood we were really alone and we were just, we have to protect our houses, our kids, our families. Um, and after the first night, a lot of families left and they said, like, we have to go to our parents and we're not going to stay here. Did for... anybody say, like, did the husbands stay behind or they just all so, left? Some husbands stayed behind. Um, we stayed a few families after the second night. More families left, and the men stayed. Stayed, and and when and then we had a situation that we have a lot of empty houses, and also we have a lot of um, a lot of Ethiopians families that didn't really have where to go to, and are they're like they're are are part of our community. We can't just like just leave them, so we so that was also one one reason to another reason to stay and like be part like help them. Help them with all what's going on here. Um, so we, so some men stayed, and each family did something else. But there was a point that like men had to go and like arrange what's going on. If it's a lot of people that just appeared and wanted to help, or if it's like a lot of food that we got, or like all these supplies that we we just got, so people had to like figure it out. And also a lot of, um, we had groups of men that were guarding the synagogues. We have one synagogue, our community synagogue, but there's a lot of other synagogues because this neighborhood was Jewish for 50 years ago and it has a lot of synagogues that they don't have really have a community. They have a few people that pray there around um, Shabbatot. So, so the people men are guarding, here, are guarding armed or unarmed? No, just guarding with their hands and like, well, that's it. Yeah, so... so as as I said, um, uh, some, like we we brought here a friend of of ours that, he's much better much better than me when I have to take care of two kids, and so he came and helped us and so a lot of people like brought their friends and told them to be to help us because we we understood we really can't count on the, on the police because the police wasn't wasn't here, um and, so, people. And this was the night you said that there was shooting, right? Yeah, and then. And then um, the third night was starting. To, they're starting to be shooting, and that's that was the point that we. Said. Where was the shooting coming from? Um, Rooftop streets. So one came from a window, one building, like a window from one building, and one came once it came from the roof. Um, another time it was just on the street. Um, it was like different situations. Was anybody hit? Yeah, they're like. Um, I think 12 people that got hurt, um, some from shooting and some from rocks and other... Jews and Arabs? No, 12 um, Jews 
Arabs, um, I don't know how many Arabs got hurt because some of them got hurt from the police. So I, I don't really, I don't really know um, to say. So when's the night when they're shooting? The police show up then. Um, the police. There's there's actually a crazy video that you see a group of people of Jewish people in the street, in our parking lot, and they're and they're they're sorry seeing that. Where my car is right now. By right. The way. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Daytime is okay. Um, so um, there's a group of Jewish people walking around and like trying to just understand before before night came like in daytime still they're just walking around and understanding where they should go like they should guard some apartments or like guard one synagogue it's like walking around and then someone started shooting towards them from the roof and and you can see like in the video there's a police in the other side of the street just waiting there until the shooting stops and then someone is telling them like a citizen tells them what are you doing like just go go help them go go do something and they're like yeah they, they just didn't do anything and I, I don't know why I, I don't have like a great reason for it I guess they got a um, uh, instruction or an order yeah from from uh, from above but um but not to not to exacerbate it not to make it worse but I yeah um, yeah I, I think that was the mainly mainly reason that why it got bigger and bigger every every night because the police didn't stop it they just said they don't want anybody to to get killed but there's a lot of work, a lot of bad things can happen until somebody gets killed and they just didn't didn't get against it and then it gets like i i guess it's all it's all my my uh theory but i guess the arabs saw that it, like they can just do stuff and nobody will be against, nobody will stand against it and and it just made that like gave them another drive like they can do more um so that was so that was Wednesday night and then that was Wednesday night and then on Thursday you um you you, you yeah, and your we kids decided, left we decided to to leave i first we took our our my um my in-law um, my mother-in-law, sorry, my mother-in-law came and she took the kids. And Where does she live? In Jerusalem. Oh. And after a few hours, um, I joined them in Jerusalem and I was with them and my husband stayed here and he just guarded our house and then like helped with whatever was happening here. Um, and then the nights became calmer and it became something like that was that was more familiar than when we than before the riots like things like we know that there is like um Zikukim, fire fireworks fireworks every few hours like it's, that's it's normal we have that normal so. right normal stuff that uh, we know it was more scary now because we know it can be like we know it's against the jews and it's not against um, it's not crime against arabs against arabs so that's a very and that's that's where we get get to this point that we're we have like a few weeks like we're in the second week that of of pretty much calmer week and pretty quiet. Um, I'll I'll say it's not really quiet because there's every day we find fireworks from kindergartens of kids that Arabs came and um, threw fireworks from there, or we 
we hear that someone threw a rock into my kindergarten's um, playground. So it's not really quiet, but it's it's nothing. It's not as bad as it was like it was. And we, so we came back here, um, first of all, to get like, we didn't want to have like any, we didn't want our kids or us to have any trauma, trauma, trauma. So we decided to come and like trying to get back into schedule and like putting the kids back into kindergarten and trying to understand how, what, how we continue from here. Um, and now the situation more in like, with our neighbors and the rest of the Arabs around is, um, it's, it's very, it's very complicated because some of the, I, I feel like some of the Arabs around are like acting like nothing happened and they're going to come and they're like going to talk to me like every day and nothing happened. And some of the Arabs will be in a play in a point that they'll, um, yell at us in the middle of the street, like, you Jewish go out of here and like oh, they, they, they screw that? yeah yeah and and I would like on Shabbatot I, I, I walk around here with a phone so if something happens I can call someone so it's we don't feel calm it's quiet but it's not calm well, just to make sure everybody understands normally you yeah. would not be walking around with a phone on Shabbat right Right. that phone gets put away before Shabbat right. and you don't touch it so now you're saying you walk around with it because you just need to be yeah. safe yeah which is you know in in that in your world, that's a, a big deal, right? To walk around yeah, the throne yeah. on Shabbat, right? absolutely. Um, so yeah, so it's like we feel like it's it's quiet, but it's not calm, and it's not something like it's it's, it's a nervous quiet, yeah. right? E- exactly, and it's also we we don't know how when it can explode explode and like be like it was because nothing can nothing is stopping it from it to be like that, like the Hamas and Israel had this. Um, Sakatish so they so they stopped it around then but if like if something happens it can happen again and it's so let me ask you just a couple of questions um first of all when this is the technical question when they were out on the streets uh, were there Hamas flags were there Hamas headbands and all that kind of stuff like were they publicly identifying with Hamas um yeah they it started when it started, I don't know if it started from that, but when it started, so there's this video of um, a guy, an Arab guy, going up this, um, this, Amud, uh, this a, pole. a pole, and taking off Israeli flag and putting a Hamas flag yeah, in the pole. Yeah, and yeah, right on our street, like near our street. Um, so Hamas is at war with Israel. Right. And these are citizens of Israel, right? They're Arab citizens yeah. of Israel, and they are taking down the Israeli flag and they're putting up the Hamas flag, right. the flag of crowd. the organization that is attacking Israelis all over the country. Exactly, exactly. What do you think that's about? Um, it's, I, I don't have a perfect answer. I'm trying to understand it a lot. I'm hearing a lot of uh, podcasts about it, and I'm reading about it, because I'm, I'm really trying to understand what happened that my neighbors just like just flipped and became against us and it's it's very it was very surprising i would never grow my kids here in a place that i would think that is a dangerous area for them and and just seeing it suddenly happen um makes us wonder a lot um i think it was always there first of all i mean what makes you wonder a lot whether you should stay in love yeah 
yeah, for sure. Um, I don't like thinking about it because I, I like it here. As well, I and also you started to move here. I mean, some people moved right. here because it had been a Jewish city, a lot of Jewish history, and then the population balance right. shifted, and they were trying in some way to kind of bring back a significant Jewish population to the city. Right. And I'm sure that that raised some worries on the part of the Arabs, I would guess, like yeah. in any major city when there's population shifts. But now you're saying basically because of this, some of the people that moved here for that purpose may actually move away. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was a very, it was very scary. It was very like, it's, we have kids here. We have families. We have like, I I need to have a, a, like a, a level of confidence or a matter of feeling of security. Yeah, to to be able to raise my kids here in a proper, healthy way. And there's things I can't give up. And if I won't be safe here in a basic way, I, like, <laughs> there's, I, I, it's so, that's, that's part of the thing here because we feel the police wasn't, wasn't here enough now there's police all over but now it's quiet so maybe it's quiet because the police and maybe it's i don't know but it's um but um it's something that i'm afraid from the day that when the police will say we don't need to be here anymore or we don't need to be here with this amount of of a for force force um so that's a day that i was very scared of because i don't know what's going to happen the next day and also understanding that it's it's, it wasn't um, taken care of enough because the government and the police didn't do enough steps to make this not happen again. And they didn't arrest the people that were part of this. There's Still they have not arrested them? Not that I know of. Um, maybe they did some, but not a, there's, there were a hundred of people here and they didn't arrest a hundred of people. They didn't do any um, any move about catching finding all the illegal weapons and that's that's crazy like having in israel it's the the weapons are they have to be very like legal for the person that holds them and it's something that's very um very strict about and there's a lot of people here a lot of arabs that walk around with illegal weapons um, stolen weapons or i don't know where they came from and knowing that they can just one day wake up and decide to like just shoot from the building and I don't have a weapon. My husband doesn't have a weapon. I have only myself like, and it's, I can't, and it's very disturbing knowing that it can just happen. And the police and the, the country didn't do enough for it. Um, it's, it's hard because I think like citizens and countries have this, um, um, Jose. Uh, a scam, Jose. A social contract. A, a social contract of, of like keeping keeping each other. Like I, I'll do a lot. Like I, I was in the army for four years. I, I'm very pro um, for this country, and I'll. Well, you pay your taxes. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a good citizen, and and knowing that I'm gonna do my job for, and I'll raise my kids as being good citizens, and knowing that. The country didn't do her side of the of the contract, so it's very, it's, I guess heartbroken too, because um, we we love Israel and we love our country and we want to be, we want to be ashore and safe here. Um, yeah, it's not easy at all.
no, we don't. Now we don't feel that way. I I hope it's going to change. So that's what so. I wanted to ask you. We can sort of use this as a way to wrap up. It was really a fascinating and sad conversation. So mm-hmm. grateful to you, even though it's hard to listen to. Um, I know you guys are talking, and I'm sure you're not the only ones. So there's a lot of young Jewish couples who are thinking maybe this load is not the place for us because it's just not safe. So some people will probably leave, and some people will probably stay. Um, what's you have a sense of what what this community is going to be like in five years? You have a, are you hopeful that if you go back to the status quo empty where people are neighborly and etc or do you think that's broken i think um life is stronger from everything and people will continue living here because we do like we do like this place and we do um and like when people live next to each other so now at first it's very hard to look in each other's eyes and have trust but i think like when times go by goes by something will like heal um things for time i don't think it's going to heal um perfectly because as a nation we still have uh, memories from <laughs> bad times and i think i'm sad to say but i think this isn't this this event will be a memory that will be part of all these memories and knowing that we are a part of it wasn't something we wanted at all um I'm very worried about who comes to Lod now. You just you you need this place like you need a place in your um in yourself that you're not always in high tension and you're not always afraid or always hate or always um extreme. Like you need a place of of balance that when you you can just see someone and just say hello and be human. I want to be I want to know that people that are staying here or coming here they do build something that we had before because we like we bought people here to see our our coexistent and it wasn't perfect but it's something that worked and we made it work with our kids and with our all the with struggling around it but we we made it work and i don't think there's any example in the country or maybe in the world of secular and not secular uh, religious jews and arabs pretty much religious and very strong in their beliefs, but able to live live next to next to each other and able to make make their um, their neighborhood to be a better place. And they have the same goal, so we won't be able to live here if it's not going to be a better place, like like it was. And I I think also Arab families won't be able to live here in a in a in a bad situation when it comes back to crime and it comes back to because they also want to raise their kids happily and safely and be in a good place so I hope um, we'll need a lot of help from the government from the police from the Arab side but um, if we'll get that I I have I'm, I'm optimistic 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 I really want to thank you. I mean, I can even just see on your face as you're talking, you know, how painful this is for you to think about and really how much has been lost just in terms of a dream and a way of life. And it's just like it's written all over your face. So I know that it's a, it's a hard conversation to have, but I think it's just important for people to understand the complexity of the so many different sides of what happened here in the last few weeks. So I'm grateful to you for your time and for your honesty and uh, wish you guys all the very best. Thank you. And hope that we can get together and chat about happier things in better times. (laughs) 
hope so too. You've been listening to Israel from the Inside. Go to danielgordas.substack.com where you can hear more of these episodes. If you have ideas for topics you'd like us to explore, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, I'm Daniel Gordas.